Are you ready for this? Your boys are back. Show dog, Gola, and KG talking all things fantasy. It's Bad Dad Baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of BDB. Follow Bad Dad Baseball on Instagram and Twitter. We got a big week ahead of us uh, in the sports world. Um, We got the national championship we're going to talk about. We got uh, opening day for baseball. We got the Masters. NBA season's coming to an end. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. And then hockey's in its last month, too, and the Bruins are in a tight one. So uh, tons of stuff to come up. Um, I think we'll talk about uh, March Madness National Championship first. Uh, how do you feel uh, for Gola? Uh, obviously not great. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, I was getting a little excited there in the first half, and we care it went into the half up by 15, but. Uh, the second half was just it was it was the complete opposite of the first half. Kansas kind of just took over that game. Um, obviously, I mean, if at the end of it, Carolina had a chance to win it. I mean, it's not like uh, Kansas ended up blowing out blowing them out, but I think the big difference at the end of the game Monday night was Carolina couldn't make any shots. I mean, the previous couple games against Duke and UCLA and Baylor, they had guys making big shots down the stretch and. Uh, unfortunately, Monday night, it just didn't happen. Um, credit to Kansas. They adjusted, obviously, locked down. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's It was shitty. Uh, like I said, I was getting a little excited come. It was a great time, game. But, uh, As a neutral oh, fan, I couldn't have asked for a better game. Um, it, it seemed like the refs were a little happy, foul happy in the first half. They kind of laid off a little bit in the second half. But um, – as a neutral fan, it was a spectacular game to watch. I didn't I, uh, watch a second of the game either. I fell asleep at 9 o'clock, and the game started at, what, 9.20? But yeah. I think even if I were to watch the game, I think I would have just given up on it at halftime knowing what the halftime score was. I don't think I would have wanted to stuck around for – and I would have missed a good finish. So, um, I will say – I thought about – I think I texted you guys, and I was like, I got a hot take for – um, when we recorded tonight, and I, I don't know if it's recency bias, but or re, uh, just recency, but I the shot that Caleb Love took at the mm. end of the game may have been one of the worst shot selections I've ever seen given the amount of time left. It was yeah. 20 seconds, like 21 or 20 seconds left when he took, and it was like a 35 footer or some shit. It was like, yeah. what Falling the fuck away. are you doing? Yeah, he had no business taking that shot. Um, I part of me kind of wishes this like after he took it, it was like you could just tell Carolina was helter skelter, and it was like Puff Johnson, which credit to him, that dude balled out with. Oh, uh, he kept him in it there during that run. Puff was really good. Then he also threw up because he was Mm. out of shape, but (laughs) which is kind of laughable. But um, no, that that shot by Love, I almost thought like after Johnson shot and Manic got the rebound, I wish Davis would have just called a timeout because I just. Yeah, four seconds. I think it was straight around, right? Four or five seconds. Yeah, and I and I think and I think that I don't know. Maybe that's some a little bit of inexperience on Davis's part because then the guys come down and I I do like coaches who don't call after Kansas scored and went up by three. I don't like the timeout call immediately, but I think once they got the ball down there and he realized that this was not going to go the way they wanted it to because it was just all over the goddamn place. Um, I wish you would have called timeout to kind of like wrangle them back in and, and try to settle them down. But um, 
that it didn't happen. I mean, I think a huge part of that game, uh, Baycott played his balls off. I mean, you could tell he was he was limited, but the dude still had a monster double double. I think he was more limited on the offensive end because I don't think he could really ele- uh, elevate the way he wanted to and get to the rim. But um, the second time he rolled his ankle right at the uh. end of the game, I think that was the. I know it seems like a minor thing, but the very next play, Kansas goes out and gives the ball to McCormick, who's with got manic guarding him, and he had no fucking chance yeah, yeah. to stop him, put him up by three. Buried him. So, you know, and I, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a it, hell of a game. Obviously, he didn't like the outcome, but uh, shit, that's the way shit happened. Yeah, and Baycott had, I mean, he had the ball low block going towards the hoop, man. That's a good chance that bucket usually goes, so it's a four-point swing. Or, or, it's a, or it's a foul. Or it's a foul. That would be McCormick's fifth. Um, and, right. like, I, I will say I felt like McCormick was the absolute factor in this game. He took away um, the easy buckets in the second half, and then he kept them off the boards, too. He was just an absolute monster, which is funny because I listened to Charles Barkley, who was my favorite, um, at halftime, and he was just ragging on him. Um, he was just well, burying him. But he was a monster in the second half. Yeah, he wasn't. And I'll give a. I want to give a like a little credit to uh, Leaky Black when he was on the floor, dude. They they he had some clamps on Abaji. I mean, Abaji was a non-factor. Abaji in the had first half. a bad game. He was a, a non-factor game. in the non-factor three from eight in the from first the line. Half. Um, he got player of the tournament, which, in my opinion, is bullshit. It should have been McCormick. Um. He he had a career high the game before that game he was easily the most biggest factor on the court, um, but you know it is what it is he's 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 the guy with the big name so they gave it to him. Yeah, and it's um, I mean like I said the difference Carolina didn't make any shots down the stretch and Remy Martin couldn't fucking miss down the stretch. I think he had like <laughs> was it three three pointers in the last eight minutes or nine minutes yeah. and then he hit it like they had a runner with his left. Like you said, it's what is Kansas just outplayed them, at the, you know, in the second half, and they made shots at the end when Carolina couldn't. It's really what it come down to. That Remy Martin is um, a grad transfer from Arizona State. Is that what it was? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Is that I don't know where he's from, but I do know yeah, he has he, a grad transfer. He, he, I guess he like had sucked he in had, the first uh, half. I, his yeah. shots barely got over the rim. In the second half, he was just I mean, Carolina out. defensively in the first half was they were oh, phenomenal. phenomenal. And then yeah. it's just in the second half, I think I, I don't know what happened. They just I mean Kansas started attacking more, they started making more shots, and then it was like, you know, that fifteen point lead was gone in like I think it was nine minutes. Um but like I said, I mean, I don't know. You look at and you know, I look at things like this, like you look at the Carolina team, um, Manic's gonna be gone, but I think uh they can return all of their starters. Uh, Leaky Block's going to be gone too, but they could return Baycott, Love, and R.J. Davis. And then Johnson will be back. And they got, I think they have like three guys in the top 50. So um, I've been seeing a lot of like way too early top 25s that yeah. have them like two or three. And I don't even, it's like, holy shit. I don't, if Baycott and Love leave, it's going to be, it won't be good. But I don't think either one of them are ready for the NBA, but. Now, R.J. Davis, just from what I was hearing pregame before the St. Peter's game, was one of the top high school recruits coming out of high coming out of high school, New York. So he, I mean, one of these two might go pro too. And uh, I think know. it's going to be love. I mean, if you love, like I said, I mean, he had a great tournament, but watching him the other night was infuriating. Yeah. By the way, he those two shot me. one for thirteen combined from three. Yeah. He Caleb Love. 
like he kind of reminded me of like he reminds me in a sense of with not turning the ball over like Russell Westbrook. He's athletic as a motherfucker, but he mm-hmm. can't shoot. He he can get games when he gets hot, but he just take he just dribbles the fuck out of the ball, and then he just takes wild fadeaway three pointers that have no business being shot. But um, but again, the Carolina wouldn't have played in the national title if it wasn't for him in the previous games. I just no doubt. I just he was just he was really bad. I think he was like four for twenty in the game, something like that. Uh, I don't know. No, he was five for twenty-four. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of shots. Yeah, it. It. I don't know. It. Obviously, not the outcome I wanted, but shit happens. I rewatched the final like three and a half because I didn't watch any of it and just wanted to kind of see how it ended. But I noted that. Manic put a putback with a minute 44 to go in the game, and that was the last time UNC scored. It's weird to see like a UNC team get held that long without scoring a point. Um, I don't know yeah. if it was just, like you said, bad shot selection or just not even... I think they were turned the ball over a couple times too in that last minute 44, but... I'll also yeah. know, I said, at when it happened live, that the play by Kansas to not get the ball in bounds with four seconds to go, and the kids stepping out of bounds... And even if he was in bounds, he threw it right to Manic the next second. Would have been the second worst play in NCAA basketball history. The Weber. Weber's number one. That was it was unbelievable. There was no one near him. Just catch it, run up the sideline, you waste two more seconds and hold on to it, take a foul. Instead, he caught it, took one step or two steps, both of them out of bounds, and yeah. threw it to midcourt where Manic picked it off. It was like uh, you did everything uh, possibly wrong on that. So I'm not gonna lie. Um, when Manic got that last rebound from Puff Johnson and then threw it away with like 3.8, I walked out. I started heading into the bedroom. I went to the bathroom. I started laying in bed and then I looked at my phone and I said, "I saw you texted the group." Shorty, I was like, "Oh," and then I saw somebody else texting me something. Was like eye emojis. And I'm like, "What the fuck happened?" So like ran back <laughs> in the living room Sorry. and then I watched him. Obviously, no, it's not your fault. I mean, but. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a hell of a game. It's just obviously I didn't. Yeah, wrong side of it. I didn't care for I didn't care for the outcome of it, but I'm glad because like all the all these UNC fans that are out there that are uh, can hide hey. back in this shell. Um, so, I even had to I, share a few hot takes with you boys because I just can't I I can't take these guys. So hold on. So I <clears throat> let me. Okay, so there were some of them. But I, I, I thought about this after, like when you said there were so many guys UNC fans coming out of the woodwork. Um excuse me, uh, on Saturday. And then I started to think, are they actual UNC fans or are they just people who don't like Coach K or Duke? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely up there, but I think that a lot of them are like, I guess at one point like UNC. um, But who knows? I have to ask them. It it seemed like they were awfully happy for, for people that I didn't even know knew what a basketball was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i seem it seemed like kansas was a team of destiny with that comeback they had against um it was it like in the sweet 16 they came back from like 20 oh. down drawing a blanker now was oh my I, God. wasn't i was no no they blew out <laughs> I somebody i don't remember now drawing a blank oh, yeah miami. miami yeah miami yeah that 20 point comeback there. And then the one against UNC was just, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, they were number one seed, but they still kind of flew under the radar. Like I just, even me, I, I like even watching them. Like, I don't think they're that great. 
But they just they played well, man. They played I well thought you know, I thought this tournament was there was no real clear like. No. You know we've had we've had years past like the the Kentucky team comes to mind like with mm-hmm. Anthony Davis like they were clearly the best team in the nation you know, mm-hmm. and then like this year, like Gonzaga was the number one overall team but they weren't the Gonzaga of the last like two or three years you know so. And like I think yeah I, I think you're right if you played it ten times you might have ten different champions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know in the in that's uh, crazy like you said that like and you played the tournament ten times Carolina probably doesn't go to the finals. Maybe this is the only time they do, just the way things fall for them. But what's crazy, too, about the whole Kansas situation is they may not even be, like, postseason eligible next year. So yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that sanctions. stuff about how they got so many sanctions and shit. And like, they're saying the NCAA is probably going to drop the fucking hammer on them. So, and the worst part about that, though, is, like, the whole um, – was it NIC, is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. It happened the year before they passed the NIC. So, it's like, they're Which still is- – it's so so bullshit. It's like you pass this yeah. thing, just let them let them do their thing now. Yeah. Well, it's the NCAA. Do you expect them yeah. to do anything fucking correctly? Right. Yeah. I got one question. Uh, I got one question about NCAA. Is Mark Few from Gonzaga a good coach? Yes. I I and the reason I say that is I think when you start, I think he took a mid major. And made them a perennial, I want to say perennial power. Mm-hmm. No, it is. I mean, they, they've, now, they're usually number one seed the last two years. Now, Will, what, what I will say, and he's getting number one, he's getting big time recruits. I mean, Holgren was the number one player in the country last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But and my they, argument is, I think that his, I don't think he'd be getting these, having 30 win seasons every year if he wasn't playing in the fucking uh, Western Athletic sure. Conference or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, if, if he's playing, if he's playing in the Big 12, not Big 12 is not that great, but if he's playing in the ACC, the Big yeah. Ten, SEC, he's not going to win this many games. Uh, even the Pac-12, like we, we should in the Pac-12, but there's no way he's winning 30 games a year in the Pac-12. He's just no. not. No. I mean, usually they get every other year, the only other team in that conference that's worth a shit is St. Mary's. Yeah. So I just feel like he's, I, I think he's probably a good coach because he took a mid-major and made them like a, a name brand in college basketball now. But I just don't think he's – I wouldn't put him up there with, like, Krzyzewski, Izzo, mm-hmm. Self, Calipari, and I'm pro- Jay Wright, none of right. those guys. I don't think he's anywhere near that. Because I think if he was, he'd leave Gonzaga. But I don't think he'll ever leave Gonzaga because I know – I don't think he'll have the same success anywhere else. It's So I do believe it's actually back-to-back years he's had the number one high school recruit. I think Jalen Suggs was the number one high school recruit the year before, and then Chet Holgram was the number one this year. I mean, it's – I'm pretty sure. Um, Suggs was obviously top five. I don't know if he was number one, but uh, just to, that's. It seemed like uh, a couple of, like years back that he was probably a better coach. I wonder if like I don't know if he's adjusted as well to the to the one on one to like the NBA prototypical players. Um, although he has some good players that come out of Gonzaga, Suggs, Jamara, whatever his name is, uh, Adam Morrison came out. I don't know. I part of me just thinks that a lot of it is when he gets to the tournament, they do have some some success. I mean, I think he's. I don't know how many they played in. They, Carolina beat him a few years ago in the finals. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they played in any other national championships, but I don't know. I just feel like they get into the tournament and they start playing multiple teams from these Power Five yeah. conferences, and they just don't have. I'm not saying they don't have the talent on their roster, but they're not used to competing against other teams with that much talent. I just don't think they're used to it. And I think that's why they struggle 
or come up short in a lot of these tournaments because they're just they're playing inferior competition all year. I don't yeah, I don't yeah. care. I know it's division one, but it's not the same. They'll have like a couple big games early, um, but that's the whole season after that. You know what I mean? Where you're not playing those teams. And I understand it's the first game of the year, but the they the best team they played all year outside of the tournament was Duke, and they lost in the first game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Saint Mary's is good, the, but other than that, that conference is isn't that. But weird. they're not. They're yeah, not they're Duke. <laughs> no, they're definitely. It's not Duke. It's not going to all these monster ACC schools, SEC schools. Um. Uh. So I mean, I, I, uh, I saw a, I saw a thing, and it showed the um top 10 they ranked the top 10 like championships of the last 10 years for college basketball and your tar heels got two in the top three but unfortunately it was two of them that they lost dude they've lost some pretty tough all ones the, all the all oh, the games the villanova one and then yeah. this one obviously the only one other one well, that was that was in between was uh when virginia beat texas tech in overtime there a couple years ago yeah you guys that, that had game, to be but. like did you want to talk from like well, with any luck, the Carolina will do what they did after they lost to Villanova, and they'll come back and win it the next year. Mm-hmm. They ship, they stomped for Gonzaga that year, I think, like 20 or something, didn't they? Yeah, they beat them pretty – I don't know yeah. if it was that bad. They, I mean, I don't think it was uh, – the biggest blow that they had is, I think, the year they – with hands roasting the year when they played Michigan State. They beat the snot out of Michigan State that year, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, if Baycott love and – R.J. Davis, I'll come back. Carolina should be pretty competitive next year. The last thing I'll say about Gonzaga, I know we moved on with Carolina, but the last thing I'll say about Gonzaga is it's a lot harder coaching with a bullseye on your back than having chasing a bullseye. Um, and I think that that might be the difference because, you know, the past 10 years he's had a bullseye on his back and he hasn't been able to, to, to win at all. So well, he's had the talent. I think it's kind of – and I th- right, and I think it's kind of funny, and I, I don't know if how often or if you guys listen to PMT at all, but they always make the joke about Gonzaga, and they're like, oh, you know, they never been to the Final Four, and because it's <laughs> like they always, they always get to the tournament, but they seem like they always come up short. And it's like a few years ago, I think it was the year they played Carolina, they were like, oh, breaking news, like Gonzaga finally made it to the Final Four, and it's not like the first time, but it's, I think it's just like one of those running jokes because they are constantly in the running, but they just never get it done. Yeah. Yep, they've been they've been twice in the to the championship on the since seventeen. Twice. Who they lose to? B- Baylor last year. I completely forgot about it, but Baylor last oh, year. Oh yeah, I forgot they played them last year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. <clears throat> yeah. You got one more, you got more to say? No, I was just gonna say like I feel like a lot of like sports championships last year. I forget who hell was in them because there's like yeah most there was like no you fans don't remember there. who's in second. Like, no, yeah. It doesn't now. Yeah. Don't give a fuck who one second. No, I wonder. I wonder if we'll remember this year's North Carolina team a second just because they took out Duke. I wonder if we'll remember that more, you know? Because I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I usually don't remember the, the runner-up, but I feel like I'm, this one's going to stick with me for a while, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I, me myself will remember it, obviously. But if you're mm-hmm. not a Carolina fan or whatever, you may, you may not. Mm-hmm. So, how much of the Masters are you guys going to watch, and who are I you guys watch- rooting for? Oh, I will listen. This is like there's there's like two weekends of the year. Like, I'm always so tempted to take Thursday and Friday off of Masters week, and I I don't plan on doing anything all fucking weekend. My birthday's on Sunday. My wife's oh. like, oh, 
you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm like, I want to plant my ass on my fucking couch at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I don't want to leave it till the masters is over with. Uh, I love the masters. I think it's like one of the best sporting events in the hits, like going at this. So, um, I love it. I'm going to watch as much as I can. What I think is great about the masters compared to like any other sport is that it, well, it's about all golf, but it tees off at eight in the morning. You can literally fucking roll out of bed, turn on a stream, turn on the TV, whatever it's on, and just watch golf from 8 a.m. until like 6 p.m. at night. It's 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 an all-day thing, man, if you want to really dig into it. but There's just something about like tomorrow morning or whenever Jim Nance finally hits on there and he's like, hello, friends. Mm-hmm. And you got the azaleas, you got the bright green, you got the music playing in the background, and it's just like, this is fucking awesome. It's a great, it's the best golf tournament in the world. Who won the par three today? Do we know? I have no idea. Whoever, whoever won it, it's not going to win the masters though. It says Mike Weir and Mackenzie Hughes have been declared the co-winners. Hmm. Well, Mike, well, Mike Weir won the masters years ago. Mackenzie Hughes. I would bet him not to win it. Cause I'm pretty sure nobody, anybody who's ever won the par threes never won yeah. the tournament yep. itself. So I would also um, bet him not to win it. Because his name is Mackenzie. <laughs> they said it ended early because um, of inclement weather. I don't know if it's supposed to be bad weather tomorrow or not, but hopefully not. I think they said they may do some showers that push it off the morning tea times a little bit. But um, to answer your question, Shory, who do I want to win? Yeah, yeah. Who do you want to win? Who's like the big cat? The big cat's who I want to I mean, win. I you mean, gotta if go there's Tiger. Any, if there's any other answer besides Tiger, you're you're an asshole. I um, hate I hate Tiger. Oh my god. Yeah. You would I've love always, Phil Mickelson. I've always hated but, Tiger. Yeah. Before any love of Phil- this, I just I've always been because I so I do golf lefty, so I've always been a Phil Phil fan. Phil's in some. Uh, no, no one really likes Phil these days. Nobody dude. likes him, dude. I didn't even know. That's how big of a golf well, fan well, I am. So well, I had no idea. I had a guy that's not supporting this like Saudi Arabia, the Saudi right? and their way of life. Might want to uh, stay away from yeah. him. Yeah. It, well, it's Tiger who I want to win. If I if I had to put some money on somebody, like if you want to talk about, a, I say a bigger name, like a lot of people probably pick is JT. I think JT's due to win another major here pretty quick. But a guy that I like a lot, um, and I say he's like, I don't say he's not a big name because he's like the world number six, but is Cameron Smith. Yeah, the I kid's playing Smith from Australia. He's 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 playing unbelievable. He's got a mullet, so yeah, that ought to be good saying. if they're putting up, they're in there. They're gonna put a green jacket on him at the end of it. But uh, I want Tiger to win. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think if Ty, if it's not Tiger, if I can't say I can't pick Tiger, I would just love to see Spieth win another one. I just want to see him get so the monkey up his back. Spieth is my second well, favorite for yeah. sure, and uh, any like pool I get into, I automatically put Phil and Spieth, and then I just go from there. Uh-huh. So for me, it's I want Tiger to win it. If I if Tiger doesn't, the next guy I want to win is Rory, just so we can finish the career Grand Slam. Um, and he's been close sometimes, and he you know, but he's just faltered. So I'd like to see Rory do it. Um, but is the Masters where he had his epic, like where he epically failed? He shot like like, sixteen. Well, I can't remember. Remember Spieth? Spieth. Yeah. On the men's corner, the island. Yeah. yeah. Danny, Danny, uh, Danny Willett won that one. That was a bad one. Uh, but I think that was on twelve. Spieth hit like two yeah. in the water. 
Yeah. Um, but Rory, I think, was leading going into Sunday, like a few years ago or five, six years ago. And I think he shot like 79 or 80 Ooh. in the final round. It was fucking hellacious. Um, so I'd like to see Rory just kind of like cap off the career and slam. And I think, honestly, if he was something he could do, I think it'll get a monkey off his back. And I, I can see him start like rolling some more because when Rory's going, he might, he's probably the best golfer in the world when he gets going. Like, yeah, no, guys, no. the guy drives the golf ball better than anybody on tour. Um, he's a fucking machine when he, when he gets it going, it's just, except for Bryson. So inconsistent. Well, his no, but I mean like, but I mean like, no, I don't necessarily mean distance wise. I just mean like he hits the ball, like Bryson pounds the ball so far, but he half the time he, he's just, he's like bombing and gouging. He don't give a fuck if he's in the fairway, he'll hack it out of the rough. But what I mean by Rory is Rory's long and accurate when he's really hitting the fucking driver. Nobody does it like him. Um, when he's grooving, but the best is, uh, so Bryson's hurt right now, but he's still going to play. And he's like, I'm probably like 80%. He's like, but even when I swing my driver at 80%, I'm still out driving everyone on tour by like 30 yards. So it's unbelievable. <laughs> he's I, I will, I will admit, I'll probably tune in maybe Sunday afternoon, maybe Thursday morning. Um, it depends if it's close on Sunday, I will. I'm also out of town. I'm in Boston for the weekend. So Oh, where are you going down there? Uh, the wife and I got a hotel. Um, we're going to a concert on Saturday night. You guys love so. concerts, man. What concert? Get more. Second one. Seriously? Oh, you're going to again. Oh, <laughs> really? I thought you, you were fucking around. Did? No, no, no. The last one he did was like a charity event. It was only 45 minutes. Oh. This one was I an couldn't day. even. I, I know Kit Moore, but I couldn't even tell you one song he sings. All right. You're missing out. He's he's our favorite. So uh, we'll go into Kip Moore concert. We'll probably go out to eat uh, and get after it late that night. You know, first night away. Well, not first night away, but first trip away without the baby. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll live up Boston. Nice. We'll a good little weekend. Yep. Come back hung, hung over on Sunday. <laughs> watch some Masters. Lay on the couch. It's there you go. Easy. Yeah, Take a little look. nap around like noontime one. Whoa. Right before the leaders tee off, or right when the leaders just right when the leaders tee off. Yep. Perfect. And then you can hear the crowds roar in that like week. Yep, yeah. it's the best. It comes to a little bit. There's no better napping sport than golf, though. No. It's the best. <laughs> it might be why you love it for golf so much. <laughs> I do love taking naps. <laughs> I do not nap good, nearly as much as I used to. The number one napping sport. <laughs> it's true. I've never even thought of it. I just don't nap ever. So, uh, but it's so true to oh, golf. You don't it's golf perfect then. for it. It's perfect for it. I don't as much now, but I'm, I remember like when before my wife and I had kids, it was perfect because like she were when I got I get home at four o'clock. Well, she didn't get out of work till like five or five thirty, and she's you know an hour away or so. So she get home at six thirty. So I come home and like bang out like an hour hour and a half nap. And then I'd like start making dinner or something. It was per- I did it like five days a week. It was freaking fantastic. So rested. It's awesome. Now it's just like I'm just in a constant state of like tiredness with two kids under the age of two. So <laughs> uh, maybe I'll get out of it at some point, but I, I, I highly doubt it. Dude. Um, so what about the freaking game being postponed tomorrow? That sucks. There's a second one too. Cause it was at mini mini in Seattle was postponed too. I think. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, so there's the now the opening game is Chicago Milwaukee. It's like the only afternoon game. And um, it, 
Uh, oh yeah, two twenty. Yep. See, Corbin, Corbin Burns. Gonna, is, yeah, I mean, yeah, Corbin Burns is just gonna. I almost said Patrick Corbin. Corbin Burns is just gonna melt that Chicago lineup. I have yeah. two guys in my fantasy team that I could play, and I'm just gonna keep them on the bench. On the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The um. One thing that was cool is I and I sent it to our group chat. I, I believe you guys saw it. Was that video the Mariners put up of uh, their manager telling J Rod that he's he made the team? Oh, it was awesome. And then like the whole thing is telling him his parents are already on the way. I mean that that shit is like you could feed me those videos. I could watch one of those videos like every minute of every day. They're fantastic. Um, the J Rod show. I love you how just genuinely show. see how happy he was. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. excited, and and it kind of shows like why they've been ranting and raving about how great of a kid he is. So that was awesome to see. If you haven't seen it, yeah. go go check it out. The Royals did one today too with uh, Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt, yep. Um, it wasn't quite as like I don't want to say heartwarming. I mean, it was cool to see, uh, cool to see it, but it wasn't it wasn't didn't have the same like bang, you know, as far as emotional and. Uh, heartwarming as as the J Rod one did. I also thought it was funny that you said that the Seattle manager would be the G uh, coach of the year, and I was like, I don't even know who he is, and I instantly became a fan. I was like, yeah. this, I want this guy to be the fucking manager <laughs> of the year. He's the fucking nicest dude in the world. I'm a fan, so uh, yeah. it was awesome. Oh, that's funny. Um, are you guys ex- uh, excited for anyone to play tomorrow? Like, are you guys gonna like? Stay up, maybe watch a little bit of Otani or anything like that. No. Okay. Well. Uh. I won't. I, I. I just don't. Like I said, I. I if even if the Sox opened up tomorrow night at ten, I weren't staying up to watch them. Yeah, you're an early bird. Yeah, I feel <laughs> well, like I get up at four thirty every day. Right, right, right. No, I don't blame you. If I if I got up that early, I wouldn't either. But I feel like for opening day, and obviously Sox, Yanks getting postponed, and Twins, Mariners getting postponed. Like Corbin Burns, Bieber, and Otani are the only three pitchers that I'd even care to see. There's a lot of just guys that don't yeah. see like aces, and um, I feel like I would tune in more for a pitcher. I don't, it's hard to tune in for a hitter sometimes, unless you know they're coming to their bat, and you can just tune in for that, you know, quick one minutes, whatever it is. But I don't know. It's not really have, too many aces tomorrow. Have either of you guys ever participated in an opening day? What do you uh, mean, gone to a game or gone to a game? No. Yes, I will say Care and I one time went. Shout out Care, um, and it was phenomenal. Like we got into Casting Flagons super early, we got bar seats, and we sat there for a while. Um, but it was just an awesome atmosphere. It was like, it was one of the cooler events I've ever been to, to be honest with you. Um, and I think obviously yeah. Fenway is different than all these other ones. Uh, and then getting into Casting Flagons early enough to get in because it was just a line yeah. for a mile outside. Involved. Um, but we got in there super early. We we left early, um, and the game was awesome. They won. Um, it was a blast. Yeah, never been. All right, I got a quick question on opening day for you guys. Then a trivia question? Nope. Which game, since neither of you guys have been to opening day, if you guys could go to an opening day this year, which of these three games would you prefer to go to? Corbin, uh, the Brewers at the Cubs. I think Wrigley would be an awesome, awesome time. The yeah. Reds at the champ, defending champion Braves, or the Astros at the Angels. Hey, hold on. Uh, 
So Corbin Burns pitching against at the Cubs, I think Wrigley would be a freaking phenomenal park. To, to I, I be, mean, so. I was yeah. I, I the think Reds I'm a at the Braves person. because the Braves, you know, defending champion, yep. they probably raise the banner. Um, or the Astros at the Angels with Otani on the mound and leading off. I think. Uh, I mean, uh, I, the only thing yeah. is that the Wrigley's the only thing drawing me, but I think I'd, I'd go Astros at Angels. Just yeah, I mean, from a pure from a pure game standpoint, I agree. And you have to really pick you pick and choose when you can watch the Angels because Trout's injured so many times that you just know he's going to play tomorrow. So <laughs> no, I, I also I, pick the Angels. I want to go. I would love to go to Wrigley. Yeah, Wrigley. Um, I would love to go to Wrigley. And I I also think when you'd watch the Braves get you know the pennant and I mean get the you know raise the banner would be pretty electric too. Yeah. Uh, the fans would just be amped up for that. So I I think all three would be a good answer. I just thought it was a a good question because. I think if the really. Braves are playing someone other than the Reds, it might pique my interest a little more. Just the Reds, I don't expect anything. I think it's just a trash team. So Tyler Molly on the mound. Is that how you say his name? That doesn't uh, that doesn't tickle you fancy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I smell seven or six seven on runs from the guy tomorrow. Oh boy! Watch him out. Oh no, in mind the run game. Watch him out. Yeah. Who's starting who's for the Braves? Anderson? Is it all Freed? Yeah. yeah. I think Anderson's game three. I can't remember who's two. Um, we don't have we we I I had NBA talk on here, but I think that we can probably wait. It's uh still not the end of the season. Um, it's really tight in the East. Uh, the West is already pretty much. I mean, that's definitely wrapped up. The one and two seats are miles ahead of everyone else. Um, the Lakers missed the playoffs. Kev, you got anything to say about that? Not surprised. They sucked, man, all year long. I think they're <laughs> yep. what like. 16 games under 500. I, I think it's stupid that they were even in playoff contention with two games to go being 16 games under 500. I think it's a stupid rule with the playing playing games. I, excuse me. I hate it. Um, so teams I, being that far into 500 don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I, and I, I don't watch the NBA all that much. I actually can't stand it. Um, but. I think it's like we're going to get to a point where with some of these leagues that there's just going to be like a big, big tournament, like the first like eight seeds are going to get a buy. And then it's just going to be like a huge, like March Madness. Of revenue. And it's, just, it's just, and it's going to be uh-huh. fucking so watered down. And it's, and, and I hate how people are like, Oh, it's playoff basketball. No, I don't want to see a, two teams that are like 25 games on the 500 battle to get yep. their shit pushed in by a one seed. I'm all set with that. 20, 20 out of the 30 teams make playoffs in the NBA. It's fucking stupid. It's so, so fucking yep. stupid. Eight eight seeds were a lot, and then they even added more to that. But eight seeds was right. You know what I mean? I, I do really think that was right. Um, oh, I'm good with eight. Yeah, right. No, no, no. Yeah, we were good with eight, but I think now that they added up the, the play-in games is just ridiculous. Um, I mean, like, you have teams that are in seven seeds that don't even care. Like, they're not even worried about falling to the 10 seed. Uh-huh. They're just playing for seven, but... Yeah, the East, I think uh, the first place right now, the the Miami Heat, and then second, third, and fourth are all tied. The Bucks, the Celtics, and the 76ers, none of them want the two seed because they would have to play uh, the Nets probably, most likely. We don't know, but uh, it's like you don't you, – you it's like bad if you get the two seed, really. Um, so that kind of sucks. We'll see how that plays out. It seems like teams are playing to win. I see the Celtics are absolutely manhandling the Bulls right now at halftime. Um, but we'll see how that, that plays out. Is Miami like the least talked about like one seed like ever? I feel like nobody talks about them. I feel like all the prop, all the press gets is like, is the Nets 
or it's the Sixers, and it's just like all this other stuff, and like Miami's just like casually just like staying on top of the East, going yep. about their business. And you want to talk about good coaches? Spolstra, Spolstra is a awesome. fucking machine. Yeah, he didn't get all the credit at the beginning because of he was on LeBron. LeBron you know, yep. but yeah, he's proven. He's a stud. Um, I love Spolstra. So, uh, and then, and then, uh, hockey right now is getting tight. I know the, the Bruins are tied with, uh, the lightning. Um, they play on Friday. Last night. Yeah. Bad loss. Rough game. Um, they got a month to go, so they got a little bit longer of a season, so we don't have to get into that, but we'll keep an eye on it. We'll have some, some Bruins talk coming up. We'll definitely have some Celtics talk coming soon because playoffs will start in a couple weeks. Um, but those are definitely some things that we'll, we will be talking about in the future, especially as March Madness is done. Um, baseball's starting up. But uh, we, we yeah. are going to do another draft today. Starting five, baby. Kev, you want to explain it? Yeah, so today we do the same thing. We're going to do a draft, snake draft. Um, we're each picking our starting five, and today's topic is going to be Sporting events that we wished we could see in person. So it's like going back in history, could go back as far as you want. Just a sporting event that you wish that you could have attended. You got some uh, numbers you're pulling again today, Show Doug? Yep. How are we doing it? Um, putting them in right now. All right, Doug. It was so Ooh. funny because like, there were some of these I was trying to think about, and I'm like... There's so many like, big moments you can think of, and then I'm like, I don't know if I'm like, I, I think don't that care about, I don't care, I don't Zach care about the teams in a stomach. I don't. Well, Troy and I gonna rob each ones, other. So it's gonna be like I think I, us two drafting against each other, and Kev just like sitting there getting everything he wants. I, I'm I'm gonna have one that I don't think, and I'm probably I don't know. I'm probably gonna save it for my last pick because I don't think there's any chance in hell either one of you have it. Um, okay. Do you guys? Do you guys? Lola, so this is this, you. You're going number three. Ooh, okay. Kev, you're gonna go one. Jesus Christ again, dude. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. It was. I was opening that one like I didn't know what the fuck it was. I will go too. I'll be in the middle. Uh, do you guys do? Uh, so this is only the second time we've ever done something like this. But do you guys have like any strategy on this? You know what I mean? Like thinking like, all right, I don't think this guy's gonna take this guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Kind Definitely of. have some strategy. It's gonna. It, it's now in a, in a tough situation because, like, I have a couple. I'm just gonna say I have a couple Pats games on here. Well, I could save one, right? Because I have two that are very up there. But what if Gola goes back to back Pats games on me and I, I fucking could. shit you my pants? You know, if I don't get those I, in my list, I will say like when we did the beer draft, I know I had the second pick, but I took grill beers right there because I would have taken it one one. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not letting this thing go any further. I'm not taking a risk. Like, that's my 1-1. One, one, so I'm getting it out of the way just in case. So, uh, yeah. But you also have a pick before me, Shory, so you can take one of them. I can I can take what I want. Um, you'll find out coming up shortly. Kev, yeah. with the number one pick in the Sports Moment Draft, take us away. Uh, so I, I don't think I would take this one for me personally but i feel like this one's gonna go really really high and i feel like i have to get it before you guys gotta get it there's no chance it gets back to me at what that'd be sixth so i'm going with the 2006 rose bowl texas versus usc 
Best college game of all time. Best college game of all time. Both teams undefeated going into the game, and it lived up to all the hype and more. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that game. I had that on the list. I had it on the Fucking electric to be at, dude. You got, I mean, the the stars in that game, Liner, Mm -hmm. uh, Reggie Bush, Vince 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 Young. Young. Um, The whole USC defense was fucking loaded. Yeah. Um, I'm having trouble thinking of the Texas guys. Yeah, uh, Clay Matthews, um, Brian Cushions. Uh, it Talk was fucking juice monkeys. <laughs> yeah, juice head. Some, uh, hey, and Pete Carroll, sketchy as all sketch, was the oh. head coach too. So, um, and then Vince Young just fucking said, "Get on my back, Texas, the whole fucking state," and I he just carried him into the national championship. Literally I carried him into the national championship with 20 seconds to go. So, I, I'm not the biggest college football ga- fan of all time. I've never even been to a college football game other than like a U-Main game. And that doesn't even count. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if there's a better atmosphere than a college football game. No. And then you tack on as the, the national championship game between yeah. two undefeateds. I just don't know how you can beat that environment. Literally so two of the best I, teams that ever. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I went to, when I lived in Florida, I, w- I had some of my coworkers that are University of Florida alumni. So we went down to Gainesville uh, on a Saturday. I think it was in September, October. It doesn't really matter. The, but it was – they were playing Kentucky. Now, Kentucky's football program is a little bit better now than it was when yeah, I – yeah. this was 2011 maybe. And I'm telling you right now, every freaking lawn, every house, every bar, whatever you could imagine, there was people fucking everywhere it is a it's the coolest thing i've ever experienced at a sporting game in my life we're 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 at a fraternity um xbox had a tent set up on this guy and this fraternity lawn where you could go play ncaa football gino toretta had his heisman trophy in the tent and we literally walked 100 yards not even walked into ben hill griffin stadium 98 or 99,000 people in that fucking place it was electric. It was, mm-hmm. the, and I'm like, I can't imagine what this is like when they play like Georgia. I know Georgia play always playing Jacksonville, but they play a big, another big time SEC school. I'm like this has got to be just a fucking madhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's just a huge party from sunup. And then you go to any bar after the game and it's just, it's just jam packed. I am obviously a giant Gator fan and I have never been, but for Christmas this year, my wife gave me, uh, we got, a house Airbnb in Gainesville for Florida LSU. And Huge. I could not be any more stoked for this game. Yeah. Nice work, Kimmy. Nice yeah, work. She crushed that. Killed it. Yeah. Uh, there's zero chance that would have got back to me, right? No, that well, probably my uh, I would, I weren't going to take it. Oh, all right. Um, if you guys could go to any stadium for one game, uh, other than South Bend, I, I take away that for you. Yeah, Villa. for me it's South who Bend. Who would you? Who, my... Where would you go? Because for me, I'd actually want to try to go to the big house. Yeah, and I hate Michigan, but it'd, I be, it'd be the Michigan, big house. And I'd I, it'd go. be the big house. The other one I'd like it's to see Wisconsin. is the Rose Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah Rose Bowl would be cool. Yeah. So do you know that they park just because, on just because of the, the golf just because of the history? What? Like they the right outside the stadium is a golf course, and that's where everyone tailgates. They literally fucking golf there on on Friday. It's got, it's they parked be there on Saturday, and there's golf again on Sunday. My uncle went and said it was fucking insane. Sounds he was like, "There's no fantastic. way they're gonna have this cleared," will, and they have like these giant like crews that just clear the golf course. Okay, I will say this: like, there's all these things are great. I will tell you one of the coolest things that I've seen as far as college football goes, just like highlights of it, 
is when they have night games at in Blacksburg, Virginia Tech, when they have the lights flashing and they play Enter Sandman. I'm like, yep. I'll be like ready to run through a goddamn brick wall when I watch it. I'm like, I could play. I'm like, give yeah. me one jump, series. I'll, jump I'll around at Wisconsin's yeah. big one for me. Pretty um, awesome. And then either of the Death Valleys, Clemson or LSU, I would love to see too. Yeah. Got you guys all horned up here yeah. with this college right. football talk. Oh, Jesus Christ, we had a whole, we had a whole second of it. Let's get back. I my can't wait, man. Uh, my number one, the number two overall pick, is game four of the ALCS for the Boston Red Sox versus the New York Yankees. That's when everything turned. Uh, they reversed the curse starting that moment. Um, it was the 12th inning. David Ortiz gets up there. Hits an absolute bomb. It's after midnight. And I believe, was it Joe Buck? Joe Buck says, yeah. we'll and that ball's gone. We'll see you later tonight. Um, yeah. I, the place just, I mean, back then you got to remember, Red Sox was Boston. Uh, oh, it, yeah. wasn't the, it wasn't the Patriots. It wasn't Tom Brady. It was the Red Sox. We were a Red Sox town. And that to me is number one. Even, you know, it's like weird. It's not for the title. It just, it seemed like it reversed the curse. Well, I mean, they've won four titles. They've won four championships since yeah. the year, right? I mean, All right, that's enough talk about that. Fagola, let's go. <laughs> well, you know what? You want to be a dickhead? I'm going to take game seven of the LCS. <laughs> when they ended that, they beat the shit out of the fucking Yankees. The least the shocking thing of all time is Fagola being so fucking original. He goes the same game in the same fucking series. Oh, it's a Jesus different game Christ. game seven. Uh, no, it's really actually not my pick. Um I'm gonna, I'm really gonna take the Malcolm. No, it's not. Okay. I'm just doing it to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, um, shock. <laughs> my, I'm gonna. <sighs> Oof, I, there's just so many ways to go on this. I am gonna go with. I think it was like the most memorable game that I remember watching. It was the Malcolm Butler interception against Seattle. I, I remember I was like at my parents' house. I remember. They, the, Seattle made that fucking catch, and I'm just like, they're gonna lose this fucking game. This Can't remember the guy's name. All over again. Javon Chris was cursed. Oh, Javon, curse! Yes, it was cursed when he made that bobbling catch. And then it was, I just vaguely remember this. I'm watching the game with my mother, and she's like, of that like likelihood of what she's like going in and she's like typing on Facebook status. Oh my god, I can't believe they're gonna lose this game. This is bullshit. <laughs> and I just remember they passed it off, and I remember when Butler picked it off. I swear to God, my fucking head hit the ceiling in my parents' living room. I'm jumping up and down. He picked it off. And it was just like. It was ah, unbelievable. It was like everybody in the world knew to run the fucking ball with Marshawn Lynch. They decided to, to throw it. And obviously, like, same thing. We were in a house full of us. We were at my house in South Portland. There was snow on the ground and it happened. And I think like a few of my friends. Uh, the Finley twins, they like ran outside and like jumped in the snow. And I just like, I was in shock. I was literally in shock just standing there. And then we just ran outside and like, we brought like champagne out and we were like literally popping off. And like, you could hear other people down the roads, like down the streets, fucking same thing. There was fireworks going off and everything. It was unbelievable. It yeah. was insane, man. Yep. Um. <laughs> Second <laughs> round, first pick. <laughs> um. I'm taking the 2019 Masters, uh, especially Sunday. Watching Tiger, the whole thing that happened, you know, a lot of people said he was dead. He was done. He was never going to win again. And just so, like, from thinking back on that, that, eight, that last round he had on Sunday, he just 
He was so methodical. He had so much control of everything he did. And the scene of him walking off the 18th hole, like hugging his family, you know, his kids. Um, and then just like that, walking to the clubhouse to like sign his card, all them players that are waiting for him. It's, it's like, it, it was unbelievable. I get goosebumps talking about it now. It was one of the coolest goddamn things I've ever seen in sports. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to witness it in person. I think just going to the Masters would be incredible. Going yeah. to see like Tiger win a Masters would be incredible. But like seeing how he won that, uh, that's that's pinnacle stuff right there. Yeah, it was. Whew. Yep. I'd love to see him do it again, man. Um, for my second round pick, I am going to go. With, I think that the Malcolm Butler was the biggest moment. I think the biggest game would be against Atlanta down 28-3. Um, the comeback was just friggin'. I mean, I watching it, I just was like, oh, fuck it. I'll grab a Natty Light. Shut up, Natty. Um, the best beer in the business. Um, <laughs> they, they did it again. They sent me some more. I, I'm here. I'm slugging them. It makes this, this time so much better with my boys. Um, thanks. Shout out, Natty. But... Honestly, they were down 23, and I said I had no other option but to fucking slug them. So I went in my my, my fridge. I had fucking a 30-pack. I just said, why even leave it here? I just want to go bring it to my seat and cry. So I grab it. I bring it over. And next thing you know, touchdown. But they missed the extra point. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And it was just two-point conversion. It was unbelievable. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the the glory days. But uh, the it, it was just in shock and awe after the game. It's incredible to me, like how many things since then that people find that like work as the twenty-eight to three thing. It's, awesome. it's like everywhere. <laughs> like I think I just saw a new one the other day. I can't remember what it was, but there's like hundreds of them that like that work for it. It's just it was meant to be, man. Yeah, Tommy Brady. All right, uh, my second pick. Um, I think this is this is probably my number one. I'd want to see, uh, but I just had to get the Rose Bowl out of the way. But I'm going 1992 Elite Eight, Leitner shot. Um, I don't know if it's the greatest Duke team of all time, but they were coming off a championship, and then they were that game was done. They were out of it. Then they ended up hitting the shot that everyone knows about, and then they still had to win two more games, and they still did it. So give me a Leitner shot game. And that's got to be the most iconic shot in college basketball history, correct? Right? I mean, you can't. Is there anything else that you can think of that you see on a consistent. I mean, you see Jordan shot against Georgetown in '82. Well, uh, uh, but I think if somebody, if you ask somebody, like, what's the most famous shot? I think they're going to say Leitner. I think in 30 years it might be, um, as it Malcolm there on Villanova against UNC. That might do it because it's like a newer Malcolm Jenkins, yeah. and it's a bigger, it's a bigger uh, game, right? I don't, I don't know if. I mean, I feel like Leitner's will withstand the test of time, but. Jenkins being but, a championship game may trump it eventually. Maybe, but I think I one think of the reasons. Which one? The Christian Lehner one. Yeah. And I think like the reason what you just said there is you're like, whatever his name, Malcolm, and you don't even know his last name. That's why I think like everybody knows who Christian Lehner is. Yeah. Because of that shot. Nobody yeah. knows who Chris, it's actually Chris Jenkins, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah. And, I, and it, I, I don't know. And it might be too, because it's Duke, you know, maybe it's just. Everyone loves to hate Duke and everyone loved to hate Leitner. So, and if like, I think if that was, if 
during that game, if it was a kid from Carolina that made it, then maybe people remember it more because I mean, is I know Villanova is a good basketball program, but I just don't feel like they move the needle quite like, you know, Carolina mm-hmm. Duke, some of these other teams. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, back, back. Yeah, this one, this one's kind of tough for me. It's like, it's, it's a weird thing, but I think just the, what surrounded this game, but it's game three, 2001 world series Yankees versus the D backs. And it was basically because of nine 11, right? Uh, George Bush throws out the ceremonial first pitch. And like, it was like politics aside, everyone just like came together. It seemed like in, I know the Yankees end up losing the world series, like, which was an incredible world series, but just being at game three for that, like opening pitch. Yeah. Pretty huge. My round two, <clears throat> I have nothing to say about the fucking Yanks. My round two. That's not even about the Yanks, dude. It's about coming together 9-11, you friggin' terrorist. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I jumped the gun. I always, like, researching mine to make sure I had everything right. God damn And then it, I just man. went. So, have a little decency for the fucking American citizens, would you, dude? You know. You want to come back? Want to back All those patriots hey, that, hey, that, that were hey, in 9-11. That's just... We Does it surprise you, you Kev? Fucking Does it surprise you, dude? He fucking supports fucking Phil Mickelson, who likes the Saudi. So <laughs> and they funded the whole fucking thing. So I am not looking good after this episode. I mean, yeah, after this one. All right, for real. Round two, uh, round three for me. Um, I I've always said I wanted to see this guy. Um, I I knew there was a couple of options, but I'm gonna go with Mike Tyson versus Michael Michael Spinks. Um. Yeah. Spinks was undefeated. Tyson was undefeated. Um, the match itself was only like a minute and a half uh, before Spinks pretty much gave up. Like three body shots buried him. Uh, but I've never saw Tyson in, in obviously any like I mean I've seen highlights, but I think to to go there and watch his power like he wasn't nearly as big as Spinks, and he just absolutely drops him and like everything he swings is going to like it's going to murder you and i think mm-hmm. that would be just amazing to yeah. watch him uh in action yeah i feel like i feel like when he was fighting he wasn't even heavyweight weight he was like <laughs> right. boxing up because he was just so nasty so spinks i think is like 6 6 4 or 6 3 and tyson's not even 6 foot 511 oh spinks is 6 3 he's 511 mhm and he looks it like when you watch the match, because it's only a minute and a half. Uh, but it's just the power <laughs> behind his guts are is I I'm like scared that like it would hit me in the stomach. I would just be uh, Puff Johnson all over the place. Puking. No, it's crazy. Didn't they say like hit like his punch is equivalent to somebody like holding like a New York City phone book against their head and like a Major League Baseball player taking a swing and hitting it or something like that. I, I didn't even make that the the pa- no, probably tr- yeah, deadly the weapon. I almost went with the holy field because obviously the the uh, ear bite, yeah, but uh, I I don't want to see him get the dub. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my round three pick. This is like kind of like I feel like the most like basic. I don't say basic pitch pick, but uh, it's probably the most iconic sports moment maybe in the history of sports, and that's miracle. Miracle on ice. ice. I knew it was coming. Uh it's, I don't know. I just like every single time I hear like the call, like, do you believe in miracles? Yes. And it's just like complete chaos. I mean, you had a bunch of college kids playing against the, wow. Well, some people say the greatest hockey team ever assembled. And I just, everything that was going on during that time, I just think being in 
the crowd, you know, in Blake Placid to watch that happen would just be fucking epic. You hear the call and it gives you chills to this day, like every uh, time. And day, if it's on TV and there's nothing else on, it's a it's a great watch. It's like Shawshank, like that shit's on. It's a great watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Um, oh, I don't know where I want to go with this one. Um, I might as well keep it on the hockey theme, and uh, that is the uh, Game 7 of the 1970 Stanley Cup Finals when Bobby Orr, the flying goal. Um, I just think that would have been fucking incredible. That guy that was in the old garden, the place must have been rocking, and I believe that was the last Stanley Cup the Bruins had won before they won in 11. I did not even know. I, I don't know anything about hockey. 11. It was 11, Shory. I don't know anything about hockey. I know the Bobby Orr goal. I did not even know that was in the Stanley Cup. No idea. Cool, Bobby Orr. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it was against St. Louis. St. Louis in Game 7 of the 70 Stanley Cup Finals. Did that goal win the actual game? Like, Yeah, it was in overtime. That's Yeah. It, won the, it won the... Uh, yeah. yeah. Didn't even know that. You learn something new every, all, every time there tuning into this podcast right there. So my next one is uh, probably not in any of yours, um, but I loved um, the Celtics with the with uh, KG, Paul Pierce, Rondo, and Ray. I'll, I'll put Perks in there too because I love Perk. Um, but I'm gonna actually go with Game One of the Finals um, against the Lakers. Uh, Paul Pierce goes up uh, to defend a shot, comes down. Absolutely blows his knee out. Just unbelievable blows his knee out. And, you know, I'm devastated. Pants. I remember watching it. I was, like, at um, my wife's camp at work, and we were just devastated. And he must have just toughened it out, come back. What a miraculous comeback, man. Uh, no, no, he was not bothered by it again uh, the rest of the series. But he did come in, and literally the next possession, he hit a three. They came down, got a stop. Next possession, he hit another three. Um, they were down one when he came back. They were up five. Um, it, that game would have been just awesome to see. I think the crowd went nuts. I mean, I know the crowd went nuts when he came back in, and I would have I would have been cheering for him. The the laying it all on the line for his city, um, the pain he was in, and to come back on that court and play was amazing. <laughs> but in all honesty, I would that would be the one to be at. Um, other than maybe Game Six where they won in L.A., um, they won by like twenty. It was over fast, but. Um, I think this one would have been a little bit better because it was a close one. Uh, what do you think? You what was really going on with Pierce at that time? He, po- he pooped his pants. <sighs> he took a shit in his pants. A lot of people say he pooped his pants, but I did watch it like five times today just to like make sure I knew what I was talking about. It's really weird. <laughs> like he kind of comes down on the back of his knee and you like he falls over. You don't see like anything in his white pants, but I a lot of the stories are he shit himself. So he's got compression shorts on though. So. Maybe it's they holding have, it they in. Could have, they could have held it in could for been. sure. It's interesting. Uh, on, real he quick, even was good enough to out. play it to the locker room. Like they showed him going into the locker room, like getting on his wheelchair there. And he was like, ah, still driving that thing, fighting through the pain. And it's like, if he shit himself, he played it perfect. Real quick, I misspoke that or goal was in game. Exactly, the Bruins swap him. It was in game four, not game seven, but but it was so, still a closing. It was still a closing game, though. It still closed the series, and the Bruins had won a won this cup two years later. So whatever. But if you were there, 
you would have remembered it was game four, and it would have been just yep. an epic fucking moment to be at, no doubt. Yep. Could you imagine Boston in the 70s just or 80s just ripping it up? And everybody, like, and the funny thing is, is, like, with, like, Lydia's families from Mass and everything like that, and and they, you know, just outside Boston, and, like, from what they say, like, obviously the Celtics in the 80s were something else, but they always said it seemed like when the Bruins were good, Boston just buzzed a little bit different. Like, they're just city in general. It's such a hockey town. Um, so, I don't know. Yep. I, I've always been told that the Bruins fans are the best fans, but there's more Celtics fans. Yeah, makes sense. Kev, pick round four, four pick uh, five. round four, uh, four, round four, yeah, five. four yeah, and then yeah, five. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think this event has got to be bucket lists for anyone who enjoys golf, but it's gonna be a Ryder Cup and the 1999 Ryder Cup, dude. I think it was the biggest comeback the Americans ever had going into Sunday, um, and then like just witnessing that putt that. Justin, uh, I think it was Justin Leonard. That it was the 45, 45 footer. Yeah, I mean, the fucking pansy Europeans didn't like as they celebrated, but it's like, come on, 17th hole and you're holding a 45 footer. You got the right to dance all over their graves. Yeah, fucking soft as fucking baby shit. Mm-hmm. Now you make a three foot butt and you dance. But that Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup's a good choice, man. Yeah, is looks electric. I... I told these guys separately before we were chatting, and I said, literally, the only golf that I watch is the Ryder Cup and maybe Sundays. Um, yeah. yeah, I love the Ryder Cup. I wish they would, the fans would get more into it like that uh, for all that, all the mm. golf. Like the, like the waste management? Yes. That's in Arizona? Uh, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I've got so many left on my like list that I've jotted down and there's so many tough ones, but I think I'm going to go a little outside the box in this one and I'm going to pick a game that apparently like no one on earth was really at except for the people who played in you? it. And it's, no, I know what this is. It's the 1992 dream image. <laughs> Dude, that was the one I was like, you guys are going to do it. Fuck I, me. I actually uh, it down too. I'm not going to pick it. There's like so many, so many rumors about that game, and it was basically uh, Chuck Daly just said Jordan was a captain and Magic was a captain, and they picked their teams and they just fucking played for hours and just as played as competitive as they could be because they were beating every team in the Olympics by like twenty something points or something like that by an average of twenty points a game or something. So yeah, there's so many rumors, but there's no video really of that game. So the trash talk in that game, uh, yeah. Would have been, uh, imagine just standing on the sideline and listening to these guys. They're so competitive, yeah, was, you know, back then. They yeah. weren't friends. Like, nowadays, you know, they're so used to AAU and being friends and being boys with people. Back then, it was, like, literally out there to prove that you're fucking better than the rest. First I off. I fucking doubted you guys. First off, like you're taking Bobby Orr game uh, pick four, dude. There's zero chance we're taking Bobby Orr pick four. Right. I didn't think you guys were going to, I didn't think you guys were going to take that one. Yeah, bad, bad drafting. Like, last. Bad what? drafting was, by you. Yeah. I, I I waited. I got sniped. See, like this one for me, um, I knew none of you would take it. That's okay. It's WrestleMania 15 <laughs> main event. The Rock 
versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And The Rock was the heel, and he was tagged up with Vince McMahon. They come in, they kick the ref out of the fucking match. Uh, they're beating the shit out of out of Stone Cold. It's special guest referee makes an appearance. Mankind McFoley. Here he comes. Knocks fucking Vince out. Helps Stone Cold. Stone Cold gives an absolute beast of a stunner. Picks him up. Another beast of a stunner to The Rock. <laughs> and uh, he becomes the champ. He gets the belt back from The Rock. It's um, my two, two, probably two of my biggest idols, The Rock and Stone Cold. I love them both. I'm a little bit more of a Stone Cold fan. So uh, if you went with WrestleMania 17, it would be The Rock. You hit him with three rock bottoms to get the ping. Two wasn't enough. Had to hit him with three. Uh, but in 15... <laughs> In 15, Stone Cold won. Uh, he also beat him in 19, but I'll, I'll take 15. Iconic, dude. It's an iconic thing. You can't go I, wrong I, with I, it. Uh, one thing I want to say, though, is um, this WrestleMania that just happened. I don't even know what number that is. But uh, oh, we can talk about this. The stunner that he gave to McAfee, dude, <laughs> the sell by McAfee was incredible. Oh, my God. It was awesome. I watched it. It was like I watched a video that was like on loop. And I think I watched it like seven times in a row because yeah. I was just I was so amazed by about, McAfee. We talked about Stone Cold beating KO last episode, but we didn't know and no one knew that Stone Cold was coming back out for Sunday night. And it had to have been scripted by McAfee because the guy's got a genius fucking brain. So. McAfee, you know, getting beat up by Vince McMahon. I don't know if you guys saw no. <laughs> the Stone Cold stunner on Vince McMahon. Oh yeah, that was bad. It was the worst stone. It was the worst yeah. stunner of all time. That was the worst. Or Vince is seventy-five years old and mm-hmm. should never be in the ring again. Like he's in great shape, but a seventy-five-year-old getting stunned. Yeah. It was disgusting. It was almost embarrassing. It was. Um, but McAfee. You, I, you could just tell he scripted it. Like he knows, like it would, how awesome would it be to be stone, stunned by Stone Cold? And he comes out and like Stone Cold helps him. And they, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they like he came in the ring. They cheers, and Stone Cold's like, "You go to that corner. I'm going to this corner." They went to like the fans. They raised their hands up. The place went nuts. Came back to the middle, got two, four more beers, cheers again. They went to opposite corners again, like cheering together, and they came back again. And he got two, four more beers. They cheers, and he said, "No, no, no!" Boom, stunned McAfee. Yep. The best sell of all time. It was and good. It was really good. good. And then, as soon as he after, hits, like, like McAfee's like spitting like, awesome. beer as he's falling down. It's perfect. And you know he pra- like so like McAfee has said for like oh, two yeah. years he practices three hours a day, but you know he's been practicing like getting stunned, and it showed how fucking mm. awesome it was. Um, and I think it's like every wrestler's dream to be stunned by a Stone Cold, really. Yeah. Um, and then they they showed Stone Cold. Um, he went back up the ramp. And then he was like, no, fuck it. I'm going back down, get more beers and celebrate with the crowd a little bit. And then he came back and they went, they showed McAfee on the ground and he literally had beers, just poured them more in his mouth <laughs> after he got stunned. It was, it was awesome. He, he just, he's the best. Like I, I've like kind of slipped away from wrestling lately, but with McAfee in it. Yeah. It's awesome. He's, he's an electric man. factor. You can tell how excited I am about it. Probably the most excited I've been. Uh, I'm, uh, it was awesome. All right, I only actually looking at this. I only have two left that haven't well, been said. I sniped yours, well, man. I'm, I'm sorry, man. No, oh, that's the way it goes, man. I gotta be better about it. Um, hmm, which one do I want to go to? Uh, I'm gonna go with. I don't remember what year it was, but it, going back to college football, dipping into this well. 
arguably the biggest rivalry in college football, or at least one of them, Auburn, Alabama, and the kick six. Oh, I got it written down, dude. 2013, I had that one on the list. That, I just think being in that stadium when that place popped off, when they realized he was going to win the game, they were going to win, must have been fucking epic. And the party afterwards must have been just on a Watching him run down the sideline after after he caught that. And watching Saban, like, legit want to, like, slit the kicker's throat. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was fucking epic. Yeah, they, uh, Bama was undefeated, too. Uh, Final game of the season, I think. And I think that was before they started doing the college football playoffs. I think think it was still BCS then. So, Bama still got into the championship game, even though Auburn was the four seed in that game. But, yeah. I think the best part of it was just Saban's face walking off the field. Oh, I awesome. thought he was going to kill the kicker. Yeah. Well, was, what was your other one, Gola? There's a well, lot of people. Like is, uh, is that it? That's five. Is that, that it? Five. Yep. Um, All right, so the, my, other... the last one, I'll say the last one I had yeah. was um, Joe Carter. Joe Carter's home run to win the 93 mm-hmm. World Series. I just, and I think like the thing that makes it so epic is I, like the call is the, the, the announcers like, Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger, bigger home run or whatever, something like that. So, I mean, I just think being at a World Series game um, clincher, especially there's like game six, I think, to clinch the World Series, somebody hitting a home run has got to be fucking epic. Yep. It's the most, like, one of the most exciting things in sports is a walk-off homer. What is the best game you actually have attended? I don't. I don't. I don't think I've attended many memorable games. Oh, to be honest with you, this, I, I haven't been. You have two identical that I can think of that you were at. I went to the Mother's Day Miracle. Yep. Which was pretty awesome. Socks were down five nothing or whatever it was, six one in the bottom of the ninth. Ended up winning. Got big time drunk at that game with Millage. Got him. That was bad. Like that. But I think it may. Shelly would be proud of you anyway. It was Mother's Day. I got permission from her. Yeah. Um. It was the, it's got to be for me, the 2014 divisional round that I went with you, Shory, against uh, Baltimore, against the Ravens. Um, The Pats were down by 14 twice in that game. Two times. Uh, They come back with, uh, that was the Edelman to Ammon. I remember watching that play. So we were on the opposite end of where that touchdown was scored. But I, we had such a good view of it. I like remember seeing Brady, like just, well, Edelman take that like two steps back to catch a ball. And just like from our end, you could look and there was, wasn't a fucking soul around him and Dola. And I remember just jumping up and down before the ball was even caught. That place was fucking electric. Was that awesome. game. So that, for me, that was probably it. It's probably that yeah. game against Baltimore. That's probably mine too. I've been to some bigger games like the AFC championships. I've been yeah. three or four that they've won, but uh, that one just rings a bell to me. Um, I was also at the uh, Denver game. They were down 24 to three at halftime in the, second coldest game in Gillette history. I was at that one um, against Peyton Manning, but the coolest one wasn't a win. It was after the bombings in Boston, the Bruins were supposed to play that night. They canceled their next game was two days later. They held the game. The bombers haven't been found yet. And Kim and I went down to that game, the, the, on the Bruins game and like the police came out for a little bit and like they got a standing ovation just like for being there 
It was friggin' awesome. And then, like, after you go into, like, halftime pizza and get stuff like that, the police would come to check, and, like, people would just start cheering for the police. It was just an unbelievable atmosphere. Um, I, 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 I can't even explain it. Like, the national anthem was, like, I had tears in my eyes. It was nuts. Oh, I can imagine. Kind of crazy that I went to that. It's kind of funny how you praise the Boston police for the Boston bombers, but you shit on the fucking every American for 9-11. Oh, my gosh. Fucking Shory. He's going to be on the FBI's top 10 most wanted after somebody listens to this podcast. God. Sherry, did you have did you have any other big ones that you had written down that you left off the starting five? Uh, yes, I had Michael Jordan shot. I think it's two thousand. I mean ninety yeah, eight against the Jazz. Yep. Final shot as uh, a ball. And that's that's it. That's all. That's the only one I had left. Got miracle on ice. There's two that like, stand out to me. Um, I think <laughs> I think going to uh, Wimbledon would be incredible. Uh, but seeing like Federer and Nadal in 2008, Federer had just rattled off like five Wimbledons in a row, and then Nadal finally beats him. I think that'd been pretty awesome to see. And then for me, it would be Kobe's final game, scoring 60 points against the Jazz, just because I love Kobe so much. So. Even even I would yeah. want to see that. That's yeah, that's epic. Mm-hmm. I re- there was uh, one of them I thought of when we were doing this, and I, it wasn't going to make the list, but I remember watching it, and it was just it was incredible. It was when Vermont beat. Syracuse in the tournament. Yeah, I remember it was like I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was Seth Davis, not Seth Davis. Uh, I can't think of an announcer. I just remember him just screaming out with that deep three Sorrentine. He's like Sorrentine from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just unreal. I remember actually like I made a bet with somebody. I don't know how I won the bet, but I still had to do it. Um, I made a bet that if Syracuse beats uh, Vermont beat Syracuse that game, I'd run up Wyman Hill uh, butt ass naked. So I did that. I don't know how nice. I won the bet and had to do it, but we were at Madigan's house and sprinted up the road probably 100 yards and came back. So Nice, man. I th- I mean, That's I feel like this is something you could have, like, we you could legit make a list of, like, 50 of them if you, we research them enough. I mean, there's yeah. so many goddamn. Yeah. My yeah. next one on the list would probably be the 2009 National Championship um, with Florida beating Oklahoma um, with Tebow. So. It's not like that epic of a game, but it's just the moment for me to be to watch Florida win a national championship, especially. Uh, Tebow was like probably like my fifth favorite player on that team. I could list some thugs, um, like Hernandez that I loved, uh, Brandon Spikes that I love, both Pouncey brothers that I love, um, Cunningham that I love. I mean, there was Percy Harvin. I mean, it's fucking loaded. Reggie Nelson. That team was oh, that team was loaded. nasty. Yeah. Um. Uh. Urban Meyer just paid these kids out the ass to get them in and. Uh, you, Treated them right, got them out of jail, and uh, what? A, uh, it's just an awesome coach. Probably, I mean, if you're gonna build a system, bring him in. He did it right, man. He, <laughs> he did, did it right. right. He he gets in, he gets <laughs> championships, and he gets the fuck out. Yep. Did you speaking of um, well, Florida and everything? Did you see the interview that Fred Taylor did with Bussin' with the Boys? I did not, but I love so Fred he Taylor com- and Fred so- Taylor. So all this is going to tell you is you after you uh, hear this, you're going to ha- be thinking how much of a bag did Florida give them. But apparently uh, in the interview, Fred Taylor said that 
somebody from Georgia showed up at his parents' house or showed up his house or wherever the fuck he was and dropped a bag full of $50,000 on the doorstep. He kept it and then went to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And then he kept saying he would, there was some guy when he was at Florida, I think it was when he was at Florida, that I don't know where the hell he lived, but it was like fairly close to where his parents lived or something. And every time he went to visit his parents, he'd tell them, oh yeah, I'm coming to see my parents. And the guy would be like, oh, swing by. And he's like, Guy would give me like fifteen hundred dollars, three grand at a whack, just just because. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, that fifteen hundred back then. Yeah. Uh, Fred was in like the nineties, so that's a lot of fucking cash back then. Well, so. no, he said it was like he in that, but it was the cash that the, somebody from Georgia left him with pushing fifty grand. He said. That's all. That's all. Kept the money. Kept the money, and then. I mean, it happened. It happened all the time. No, 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 no. But I just think it's funny. He kept the money, and then went to the bigger yeah. rival. Fuck that. That's awesome. Got a trade uh, trade review, Shory? I do. Uh, let me. So, I mean, uh, why don't we talk about what's going to happen next episode? We'll actually have some baseball to talk about, which is exciting. Yeah. I'm pulling it up right now. So, um, I can't wait. Um, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, this was in our league. Um, the Green Leafs traded to a name that I can't say, um, <laughs> because because in our league, and I do I do highly recommend this now. So I'm in two big leagues, one for one for football, one for baseball. If the person in last place have a have a fucking prize, them they'll get last place, and don't don't make it enjoyable. A penalty. Um, yeah, a penalty. Yeah, it's uh, a prize. I said prize, but I mean like a it's fucking. A prize for us. Yeah, it's a prize for the other eleven or twelve yeah, or, or thirteen, whoever is in the league, but. Penalty is the right right word. Um, yeah. We have to name this guy's name, team name, and we do it during March Madness. Um, shout out Pelchi. It's fucking awesome. He makes a bracket, so we all vote on it. It's amazing. Um, and it gets narrowed down to, like, the final four names, and then it gets narrowed down to the final two, and, and then he gets the shittiest name of all time. Yeah. Um, I can't even say it. It's too inappropriate. So. It's way too <laughs> inappropriate, yeah. Yeah. But anyways... He uh, gave up Logan Webb, um, probably a top 20 pitcher, um, and he got back Corbin Carroll. And and I will say, I think this is actually an A for yep. Yeah, the team Rennick. can't be said. I like, and a B plus um, for, the Green for Rory, for the Greenleafs. Because, you yeah. know, I as, as I think Logan Webb might have hit a ceiling already. Um. Looking, you know, I, I was a little bit higher than you guys on him, but I think he might have hit a ceiling already, top 20 pitcher, um, where Corbin Carroll has potential, potential to be a top 20 player. Um, you just yeah. have to be patient with him. And the way uh, Brennick's, Chris Brennick's team's set up is, you know, he's got to be patient to to win. Um, he's, he's probably two years out from competing for even a playoff spot. So um, I think Corbin Carroll is the right decision. He's going to have to sit on him for a little yeah. bit. Um, it's going to hurt now. But uh, for Rory, on the other hand, like I think Logan Webb is a great player. I don't think he's keepable on Rory's team because Rory has a loaded team. So next year, uh, I'm just looking at it that way. I don't know if he's keepable. Um, so that's why I gave him a B plus. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Carroll. I mean, if it was, I mean, I don't know what the negotiations were like. I don't know if it was a so I do. that. Um, it was actually a shit. This is all I do now. I asked Roy, I said, how did this go down? And he said, listen, I actually offered him a really shit trade for Logan Webb, and he countered with Corbin Carroll, and he was actually so proud that Brennan countered with that. Um, he took it. 
No, I mean, that's, that's, those are the types of deals that, that, that Brennick needs to make in order to like build his roster back up. Um, what I, all I was going to say is, I mean, me personally, if, if I was going to go after one of Rory's outfielders from Arizona, I would have preferred Alec Thomas. But with that being said, you can't miss, I mean, Corbin Carroll is a very good prospect. So I agree. I think it was a very good deal for both of them. I texted, I think our, our, this, you know, we have a chat for the podcast. I texted you guys and said, I think that was a great deal for Brennick. It's, that's exactly the type of deals he needs to make. Yep. Um, and you know, so I, you know, he's got some guys, I think that he can eventually, I don't know whether he wants to do it now or whatever. He's got some guys he can definitely should be able to get some young talent for, um, on that roster. So no, it was, it was a good deal for both of them. Um, there's really, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, I don't think Webb's going to be winning anyone any championships, but I think Carroll's a nice guy to take a chance on, and I think for he sure. needs to take a chance. So I think it's a good deal for both, too. Uh, we do have a bonus review. Um, I was at a friend's house. Uh, my wife brought a 12-pack of McUltra, and he had a 12-pack of Natty Light. So we ended up swapping them. Um, I think that me getting the Natty Lights was an A++, and whoever got the McUltra was probably Wow. A+. Yeah, no, so I think that the taste of Natty Light's better. The price of it's better. Um, I think it's better when it's colder. It's better on the boat. It's better, um, but grilling. I just think that everything about Natty Light is just so much better that me being able to get the Natty Light in return was A plus plus. Shout out Natty Light. Um, we're coming for you. Yeah. Give me the Natty Light all day in that situation, man. No Thank doubt. You. That's a good yeah, trade. Yeah, I thought I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Man. so sure you're jumping into. We'll have baseball to talk about Sunday, and then I don't know. We'll we'll talk about talks amongst ourselves. I don't know if we'll have another one of these uh, starting fives to try to take up some of the time too, but um, or it could be just a shoot, us shooting the shit for an hour. I don't know. Uh-huh. Who 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 do you guys got as the first uh, three day superstar? Which hitter? Who like little Emilio Bonifacio? Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. Who's the, who's the three day MVP? Jesus Christ, dude. You know, how about we do this? Why don't we each give somebody who I think our three-day MVP on our team is going to be? Deal. Not enough, Gola. No, you gotta, you put me on the spot. Fuck, hold on. I got I, I to, like, look at my team and see who the fuck I even have. No, I'm just my, I, I can um, tell you mine, because when the guy fucking plays, he's the best in baseball. It's Mike Trout. Mike Trout plays. I know he's going to play. Th- well, I don't know who he's going to play. Most likely he's going to make it through three days. He'll be great in those three days. Uh, and he'll set the pace for MVP. Will he get enough games to win it? He will through three days. Give me Mike Trout. I'm going to go off the board of, I'm not going to take any of my studs. I'm going to go with somebody who's got, not getting as much pub as yep. uh, his teammates. But I'm going to say Lordy's Goriel uh, is going to have a big weekend for Toronto. I think I've seen him. He was hitting in the five spot a little bit, six spot, and I know it's a little further down the lineup. But when you have those guys in front of you, there's going to be plenty of RBI opportunities. So I'm going to take Gurriel to have a big weekend. I'm going same kind of like same path as for goal here. Definitely not one of my studs, but I've been talking about this guy. I think he's prime for a huge year. Nate Nate Lowe. I'm going Nate Lowe. He started last year off on fucking fire, and I think he's going to do the same thing this year. I did see one of these CBS guys on their podcast predicted uh, Goriel to be a dark horse MVP. He actually picked. Ooh, so, so they got four MVP candidates in that team. <laughs> well, that's what he, they, they literally go. I don't know if he could get it, but it was just like a, a bold prediction is what it was. Um, and I was like, holy shit. If, if they're listening to us, then we already had uh, yeah. Vlad. And, 
and yeah, Vlad and Springer. We didn't even include Bo Bichette, and mm-hmm. he's probably the best of all of them, like the best all around player. We didn't put Toscar on there either. <sighs> Fucking Toscar. <laughs> I mean, loaded that 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 lineup, dude. Come on. It's nasty. All right. Oh, we got to real quick. If you guys want to touch base, J Ram signed an extension with Cleveland, which is a little surprising. Yeah, but I think that's tradable. Like, if, but, well, it is, but I don't. It's weird on J Ram's part. And I think for Cleveland, why would Cleveland trade him now? Yeah, if you got him for five years. And it's not that big. It's not that big of a money. Well, they have no one else signed, so it's the only no, contract I don't, I don't they're think paying. They give a shit. No, yeah, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. I'm saying like that's the only contract they've signed. So why would they just why wouldn't they just keep him? He's a stud. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless because of the contract, they can get like a massive haul from some team. You know. That's that's what I yeah. think it is. Like I think you yeah. sign that deal knowing, okay, well, if you're gonna give us two prospects, well, now that he signed for five years, now you're giving us five. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, we want like we want three of best or something like that. Yeah. And I saw that uh, the MLB top 100 got updated. I don't know if that's recently. I don't know if I just wasn't checking it, but Gabriel Marino in the top. I think he's number seven. So that was nuts to me that Toronto has him as the number seven prospect. I mean, but you also got to remember that a lot he'd of be the like main trade gym defense, defensive yeah. shit too. No yeah. doubt. Um, anyways, that's, that's it for this episode. I know uh, next episode, it's going to be a ton of opening day. So excited. Obviously we've been waiting. It's like uh, Christmas for us. Um, and the masters. And masters a lot be, of the Masters. The Masters, masters will be, be over. over so, yep. yeah, it's going to be a lot of Masters. Maybe we'll do another list. If you guys have any suggestions, please send it to baddadbaseball at gmail.com, or you could just send it to us on Twitter or Instagram, a, a DM us, anything. Um, we appreciate it. We're going to have some giveaways coming up um, for sure. We're going to have uh, – you're going to be interacting with our social medias um, that way. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, give us a listen. Uh, give us a review. Give us some stars wherever you feel like we rank, whatever we, you know, what, what we can get better at. Um, but again, thank you for listening. Anyways, um, we really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to uh, giving you another episode coming up soon. Woo! Peace. All right, boys. See you guys. Yeah.